Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis how physical and spiritual healing is made possible by God, because God is all about healing, and we see that through the life of Abraham. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org and on iTunes. We want to thank you for your support and listening to the Friendship with God radio program. Remember, your donation is tax-deductible through Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. You can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. And now as Christmas is approaching and Hanukkah, just a few weeks away, Tom Cantor has written a 17-page gospel track called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. Now, this track will help you to reach lost Jewish people at Christmas time, whether they're at your work or maybe they're just friends or neighbors or someone you know. This track has a wonderful illustration that is even good for Gentiles or Jewish people. It's a wonderful track. Now, this booklet is not available on our website, and we truly do have a limited supply of them. But it is available for a donation amount, any amount, today, if you call us at one 800 247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. You can get Tom Cantor's gospel track, 17-page gospel tract on how a Jew learned the true meaning of Christmas. Call us today for a donation of any amount, 1-800-247-3051. And during our outreach campaigns, we reach 1.2 million Jewish doors per year. Now, we promote the program by giving out gospel invitations to listen with door hangers and impact cards. And these gospel invitations go to Jewish people and Gentiles. So without your support of this program and this station, we could not reach the Jew first with the gospel, as well as the Gentiles with the gospel. So today, we're offering you a 17-page gospel track booklet from Tom Cantor called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. You're going to need this at Christmas time, Hanukkah time. It's going to be a great track to help you reach lost Jewish people. But it's available for a donation of any amount today if you call us right now at one 800 247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the book of Genesis and as we study the life of Abraham. When we go down into Egypt and have a start of a terrible Egypt experience, the devil says to us, there is no other bookend. You just, you've stumbled and you've fallen. That's what the devil says. And just unpack because this is your new life. Your new life. And the devil says, Look at all those people that know that you're a Christian. You can't go back to your Christian life. Everyone will say, you're a hypocrite. You've got to stay where you are. See, the devil says, you can't go back. Now, God is so disgusted with you. God would never take you back after what you've done. You're finished. It's all over for you. There's no way back for you. And the devil says that. The devil loves to say that. There's no way back for you. But that's not what God is saying. See, the devil is saying, you really blew it, pal. You're finished as a Christian. But the devil, he doesn't have the words of God because what God's words is, God is calling out and he said, there's always a way back. And so God is calling out and he's calling out like we saw in this verse here with the word first. And he's calling out and he's, you know, he said, thou hast left thy first love from Revelation 2.4. You know, he's calling out from the next verse, Revelation 2.5. You say, remember 
Therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent and do the first works. And Abraham had heard God calling out with the word first to him. He heard God like say to him, Abraham, Abraham, the problem is you've left your first love. See, he heard God saying that. And that's what we see Abraham doing when he's, as soon as he comes up out of Egypt, Abraham was making this beeline back to his first love, back to God as his first love. And Abraham has heard God's calling out to him, and he says, Abraham, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. And that's what we see Abraham doing in verse 4. And he goes unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abraham called, Abraham called on the name of the Lord. So what's he doing? He's remembering. Therefore, from whence he had fallen, Abraham is repenting, Abraham is doing the first works. So what we're seeing here in Abraham is Abraham being healed. That's great. Think about that. Abraham is being healed. We see Abraham in the healing process. Jehovah Jesus told Moses in Exodus 15, 26, very important words. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. What a great statement he said. Uh, several years ago at a conference for infectious disease clinicians, I heard a lecture by Dr. Harriet Jones. And Dr. Jones, Dr. Harriet Jones, Dr. Jones, she guides the wound management clinic at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And under her leadership, there have been great achievements at this place. And so she specializes in limb salvage. And so as a result, the University of Mississippi has one of the lowest amputation rates, for, especially for diabetic patients in the country. And so Dr. Jones at this lecture was describing this incredible symphonic elegance of the wound healing process in such a way, she described it in such a way that there was no doubt in my mind that she believed in God, that she had believed that, the, that God put this healing process together. And so... We made contact, and she's a believer, and she's put together our wound healing display at the Creation Museum, and then she made a lecture for us on God's elegant wound healing process. Really something. So I told you a few weeks ago how I nearly cut my finger off when I was chopping celery. You know, you, you may remember, I certainly do. <laughs> and at first, you know, I wondered, after I cut my finger, I wondered, am I going to lose my finger? You know, I see this big, huge flap of skin and the blood and everything. I think, is it going to heal? And so, and I bought all sorts of Band-Aids for my finger. Oh, I have the collection. I have the world's collection of Band-Aids. <laughs> Fabric ones, waterproof ones, ones impregnated with, with uh, neosporin and knuckle and fingertip ones and spot ones. I got McKesson. I got them all. So yesterday, when my wife cut her finger, well, I just flew into action. I couldn't wait to get the right Band-Aid for her. <laughs> because I had this great interest in the healing of my finger, see? It's healing. See, there it is right there. See? It's healing. So, and so after I cut myself, so I go to Dr. Bushman, the skin doctor in La Mesa, and I said, you know, what can be done to make it heal? And he looks at it, and he says, nothing. He says, it'll heal on its own, see? So I walk out of the doctor's office. I thought to myself, that's what I paid for? <laughs> I paid for the doctor to tell me that it, there's nothing you can do. It'll heal on its own. And so slowly, over weeks, I've been monitoring it and watching it every morning in the nighttime, too. I kind of rub it. And, and I've been watching my finger heal. It's an amazing thing. And um, it's just wonderful. Um, 
Healing is a wonderful process. It's just, it's incredible. One of the main thrusts of our cancer clinic down there in Mexico was to design treatments that would just assist the body or help the body to heal itself through the immune system and so forth. But these last few weeks, I've been watching my finger heal from the inside. That's been the amazing thing, is the inside, you know, is this dead flap of tissue, which is which is numb, you know, I couldn't feel anything, but gradually feeling's coming back, you know, it's kind of amazing. And it's being replaced by new tissue from the inside. See, from the inside, little trash trucks are going to my finger, and they're hauling away the trash, you know. (laughs) And other little trucks are coming with building supplies, and they're building new tissue. That's amazing. That's just an elegant process. And I've wondered, what would it be like if there was no healing process? You know, I thought, well... And I started out one day with a perfectly good finger. It was okay. And then I wounded it. And with no healing process, well, I would just watch it deteriorate and gradually fall off. See? But that's not what I'm watching. I've been watching this elegant healing process. Now, how does that happen? How does the healing of my finger happen? Well, because the physical healing of my finger has been made possible by God. See, that's the key. The healing has been made possible by God because God loves healing. God is all about healing. So when he says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee, in other words, he's giving a name for himself, God the healer. He's giving a title for himself. And so God is not just about physical healing of wounds. God is about spiritual healing as well. As a matter of fact, the physical healing of wounds is only a teaching picture of the greater spiritual healing of the soul. So the healing of a physical wound is like that. So, so in other words, God is saying, do you see this wound healing there? That's a picture of what I want to do with your soul. I want to heal your soul like I'm healing your finger and healing you. Your soul has been wounded by your sin. And I want to heal that spiritual wound because I am the Lord that healeth thee. We will continue finishing with Tom Cantor's message from the life of Abraham. And it's been exciting studying the life of Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people and nation. Now, Tom Cantor wants to help you to better understand the Jewish people. So today we're offering a two-disc DVD teaching set about the Jewish people. It's called The Jewish People, Past, Present, and Future, as seen in the life of Joseph. It's a wonderful two-disc DVD set that we'd like to offer you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. So please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's one 800 247-3051 to get a copy of this two-disc DVD teaching set from Tom Cantor on the Jewish people, 1-800-247-3051. And that's for a donation amount of $50 or more, and we'll be able to send you that two hours of teaching from Tom Cantor. This great two-disc set will help you to better understand the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, as seen in the life of Joseph. In scriptures. Now we're offering this again for a donation amount of $50 or more. You can get this two disc DVD set so you can learn more about the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, and great Tom Cantor teaching. So call us today for your donation amount of $50 or more. We'll send that to you 1 800 247 3051. That's 1 800 247 
3051. Now, we also have a book written by Tom Cantor called Understanding the Jewish Messiah and the History and Future of the Jewish People Through the Life of Joseph. This book shows you the biblical past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now, call us today so you can learn more about God's lost, chosen nation of people. Now, we're offering this to you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. Again, call us 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. For a donation of $50 or more, we've got the two-disc DVD set or the book from Tom Cantor on understanding the past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now, remember, your donation doesn't just help keep this radio program going on your station in your city but it also supports Israel Restoration Ministries and the gospel going out to millions and millions of lost people, especially lost Jewish people. And we have door-to-door evangelism that takes place with IRM missionaries that not only put out gospel tracts about the Friendship with God radio program, millions of them, but they also put out millions and millions of gospel gifts to lost Jewish people every year. We've reached millions with the gospel the past three years, so please Call us, support this program. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. But call us for that offer today of $50 or more. We'll send you the DVD or the book of Understanding the Jewish People, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue studying the life of Abraham. So for the person who's not a believer, God's saying, come to me. Let me heal your soul from your sin that's destroying you. My blood was shed on the cross. That'll heal your soul. Just call. That's all. For the believer, God's saying, come to me and let me heal your soul from your sin. Just confess. I'll do the rest. And that's what we're seeing here with Abraham. It's the spiritual healing of Abraham that's taking place. The spiritual healing of his soul. A healing made possible by God. But when we talk about the return of Abraham, which we're looking at here, from his sin and our return to God from our sin, there's one thing we should never overlook, and that is that this has been made possible by God. We're not characterized as believers. We're not characterized by our falls. We're characterized by our getting up again. The wicked are characterized by their fall and that they don't get back up again. The wicked just have one bookend, so to speak, on their life. That's what it says. That's what it means in Proverbs 24, 6, where it says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. The Bible does not portray the believer as never falling. The Bible portrays the believer as getting up when he falls. And that's the reason the believer can get up seven times because after he falls, because God has made that possible. And God's taken him back again. That's why we worship him. That's why we thank him for taking us back, for being the father to us of the prodigal son. We're the prodigal son. So we're sitting there, we see the prodigal son, he's getting this whole thing all worked out, what he's going to speech and everything. In Luke 15, 21, he says, okay, now I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven. That sounds pretty good. And in thy sight am no more worthy to be called by son. See, he's all worked, he's all thinking about what he's going to say, which is good. But then we really see God's nature from the response of the prodigal son's father. He says, and then the father said to him, his servants, bring forth thou the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let's eat, be merry. This my son was dead, is alive again, he was lost, he's found, and they began to be merry. See, when a person comes to God 
in repentance, and he's expecting God to say, well, okay, now I'm going to really teach you a lesson. But no, God says, let's have a party. That's what he's doing here. This is a great day. The lost has been found. That's God, because he loves the healing process. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, this is an interesting little statement in verse 1, where it says, came up out of Egypt, and then it says, and lot with him, and lot with him. Now, we're going to see in this chapter the character of Lot revealed. It's just going to come out. And what we're going to find is going to make us look at those four words in verse 1, and Lot with him, and then we're going to ask the question, just exactly how much was Lot really with Abraham? And we're going to find out that Abraham could take Lot with him out of Egypt, and Abraham did, but Abraham could not take Egypt out of Lot. See, that's the issue here. And Abraham did not take Egypt out of Lot. So it's going to come home to us in this chapter that Lot was physically with Abraham, but Lot was not spiritually on the same page as Abraham. And that's going to be interesting for us because there are children who are like Lot, and they're with Abraham, and the children are physically with their parents, but their parents go to church, their children come to church, but the children are like Lot, and they're, they're looking at the world in a way that's different from the way the parents look at the world. It's the opposite. And unfortunately, sometimes it happens that, like Lot, the time comes when those children go to make their own decision and make very clear that they weren't really with them. So with those words, Lot with him, it teaches us that just because someone is with a person who's walking with God, that doesn't mean that that person is also walking with God. Now, verse 2. It says in verse 2 that Abraham was very rich in cattle. We saw last week how the word rich means heavy, burdened down, and Abraham was rich in this cattle. And it says here, and this is really setting the stage. This is explaining to us what's going to happen, the problem. It's creating the scene for the problem that's going to follow, see, out of this. It's interesting that, that Abraham brought, uh, brought out of Egypt um, cattle, and one pretty little handmaid named Hagar, and both the cattle and Hagar, would be the reason for untold grief for Abraham. This is a grief of separation within his home. All right, now, verse 5, it also says that Lot also, which went up with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. Now, this is stated to finish setting the stage for the trouble that's going to come. There's going to be this collision. Great collision is going to happen. But the tragedy of verse 5 are the three words, and Lot also. It's a tragedy because and Lot also is not referring to the verse 4 before. You know, the last statement of verse 4 says, and Abram called on the name of the Lord. Then it says, and Lot also, and it would be nice if it meant, and Lot also called on the name of the Lord, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that Lot also called on the name of the Lord. It means what it says. And Lot also means that Lot also had flocks and herds. So the fact that Lot also does not refer to, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord, explains to us this, why this collision is going to happen, and this tragedy that's going to take place in this chapter. So here's a collision, verse 6. The land was not able to bear them. They might dwell together, yachad, or like echad, yachad, and their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Again, yachad or echad. So twice in this verse, it was that Abraham and Lot 
could not be echad. They could not dwell together. And that word is the word that's used in Psalm 133, where it says, Behold how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yachad. So, just how good and just how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity is exactly just how bad and just how unpleasant it is when brethren do not dwell together in unity. So that's why, and twice in this verse 6, the Lord is saying here and emphasizing that they could not dwell together. It was really bad. It was a really unpleasant thing that happened there. So here comes the collision. In verse 7, there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and Perizzite dwelt in the land. So here's the strife. There's the collision. The strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle, herdmen of Lot's cattle. Abram also said it extended to strife between Abraham and Lot. Because the land was limited, and both Abraham's and Lot's had a lot of cattle, and there just wasn't enough land for them to both have So arguments and fights broke out between the herdmen of Abraham, herdmen of Lot. Very sharp, angry words were shot to exchanged. Words that were very sad to have been said, where one side accuses the other, and the strife just escalates out of control, and it's just out of control. And after it was done, both sides had scored their hits. Both sides have done damage to each other. Very sad. Very sad situation. And you know what was really sad about this situation? The last part of verse 7. The Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. So God had told Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, Abraham, you're supposed to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And that includes the Canaanite families and the Perizzite families. And what those Canaanite and Perizzite families needed was God. They needed Abraham's God. They needed the God of Abraham. And those Canaanite and Perizzite families needed Abraham to bring them the knowledge of God. And those Canaanite and Perizzite families needed to be attracted to God by the lives of Abraham and Lot. Those were God's men there. And the devil, devil didn't want that. The devil wanted those Canaanite and Perizzite families to be repulsed from God. By the lives of Abraham and, and Isaac. The devil was winning here. He was winning. Score one for the devil. Because those Canaanite and Perizzite families saw Abraham's herdmen and Lot's herdmen, and eventually Abraham and Lot, fighting. Thank you for listening to the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor. We appreciate your listenership and support of this program. Today we have another great offer for you. Many of you know that Tom Cantor is a great Bible teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, and a CEO. But maybe you didn't know that he's also a successful scientist. That's right. In fact, Tom Cantor has written a short booklet of his life story and his study of science and creationism. It's a 48-page power-packed testimony of his life and how science supports biblical truths of creationism. This wonderfully titled book is called How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. There is no true story out there quite like this one from the life of Tom Cantor. And he's got a unique life story. And this is his search for the truth of God. And we've recorded it in this wonderful book, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. And it shows how the Creator is easily seen in science and the Bible. This is a very popular evangelism book for Jewish and Gentiles alike. Now you can get this book, 
How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist free today by calling us at 1-800-247-3051. And for any donation of any amount today, we'll give you that book for free, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist by Tom Cantor, his life story as a scientist, and how his search for God showed that we were created. 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051 for any donation amount of any size today. Call us. We'll send you this book, 48-page booklet on how Tom Cantor saw that science and the Bible completely agree and how he became a scientific creationist being Jewish himself. So he's not only a great Bible teacher, pastor, evangelist, and CEO, but he's also a successful scientist, and you can read about his story and his life and how he understood creationism. So go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org to be able to donate online or call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. We do need your support. 1-800-247-3051. Now, you can also find this daily devotional verse on Facebook. Just look for Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, or the Friendship with God radio program on Facebook, and you can receive this daily devotional verse. You can also sign up for our newsletter that has salvation testimonies from Jewish people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as what we're doing at Israel Restoration Ministries to reach over a million lost people. This is a wonderful ministry. We'd like you to support it. Hear about what's going on through our newsletter and Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. So go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org to be able to donate online or call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's one 800 247-3051. Go to friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow.